You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. What a great weekend it was, folks. Not just because it was, you know, beautiful weather and all that, but it was because we had Razorback football for the first time in a very, very long time. And honestly, having any sort of major Razorback sport for the first time in a very long time was so refreshing. It was so choice. And just being able to indulge and watch the game itself was worth it all. And that's what we're going to discuss today and give my reactions to the Razorback football game uh, in Fayetteville on Saturday. And, you know, to be honest... Arkansas loses this game 37-10 to to Georgia, and it's not ideal. I mean, I don't think anybody's just pumped up beyond belief and thinking that Arkansas is going to, you know, now just because they were close in the first half, actually had the lead in the first half by the time halftime hit. Uh, You know, my point is, is like, you'll have some positives and you'll have some negatives. And it's just a matter of how you look at it. And that's what kind of the podcast is going to be Today and the reactions is we're going to talk about some of the things that happened, but we're also going to look at it from the perspective of the positives as well as the negatives and how you want to look at it. Glass half empty, glass half full. And if you listen to this podcast or if you listen to my show or follow me on Twitter or anything like that, many of you would know that I'm more of a glass half full guy. I think that there are pieces and parts of this football team that we have still yet to see. I think that there are things that Uh, have yet to really get going, and once they do get going, it's going to be extremely fun and extremely enjoyable to watch. But in this game in particularly, in the first half, Arkansas was leading 7-5. to It's a weird score, but safety and a field goal for Georgia is what led to that score, and Arkansas had the only touchdown in the first half. And I'm watching this, and I was there at the game in Fayetteville, and even though at halftime I didn't think that Arkansas would win, because I knew Georgia was going to punch back, Georgia's too good of a team, too well coached of a team, to, to allow that to happen again in the second half. But even all that aside, I started thinking, we just witnessed 30 minutes of football in Razorback Stadium involving the Razorbacks. 30 minutes of football that actually gave you something to be excited about. That gave you hope. That gave you the idea that even though there's a lot of work to be done, and a lot of recruiting to be done, and a lot of adjustments to be done, a lot of growth to be done, even though all those things are true. That team in the first half of this game gave you more hope, gave you more effort, and gave you more of a sense of accomplishment than any Razorback football team in the past three years combined. One half did that. Now, second half happened, and there were problems. There were mistakes. There's no doubt. And again, losing a game by 27 points is not going to make you start pumping your chest and say, we're back, baby. But here's what it does. It shows you how much coaching matters. We all know coaching matters. We all know that it matters in every sport. But in some cases, it's more evident than others. And unfortunately for Arkansas... This year is going to be a comparison to the past two years. That's what happens when you have coaching changes, guys. When Bobby Petrino took over as coach, the first year that he was there, 
the differences and the comparisons were all made to Houston Nutt in the previous regime. Positives and negatives. Same thing with Brett Bielema when it came to Petrino. I'm not talking John L. Smith, but when Brett Bielema compared to Petrino, Chad Morris compared to Bielema, and now you're going to see Sam Pittman compared to Chad Morris. It's just what happens in the early goings of a coaching change. Nothing wrong with it. It's just the reality. And the comparisons, at least just in one game, were so staunch, were so different, that I, I sat there and I watched this game, and I watched especially that first half, and I'm like, oh my God. The difference in this team, just fundamentally speaking, is so large that, like, I saw Aaron Torres put out a great tweet, and I think I felt the same way. It was so different that Arkansas should have rehired Chad Morris just to fire him again to show just how utterly pathetic Chad Morris was as a coach. Because Sam Pittman and this staff got a team ready, got them coached up, got them put in positions, actually developed them into being a team that could compete with an SEC team that belonged on the field against an SEC opponent. Georgia's quarterback situation was not good in the first half, and I don't care. Like, do you know the last time? Could you name me the last time that Arkansas held an SEC opponent to less than a touchdown in the, in one half of football? Like, the only time, I, the last time I can think about it is maybe the time where Arkansas shut out LSU and Ole Miss back in 2014. Like, that's the only time I can think of that. And maybe there's been a case. Maybe, maybe it's happened at some point. But I've never seen that. And going up against Georgia, for them to do that, you have to give the tip of the hat to this coaching staff. And it made me really start thinking, too, because obviously the story of the whole half was the defense. Think about this. Last year's defense was given up like 38 points a game. Like they were bad, atrocious, horrible, horrendous, however adjective you want to put it. Like they were so bad. And that was a team that had Sosa Aguim, who was drafted and is now playing in the NFL. Uh, had a guy like Scooter Harris that was a really good linebacker, led the SEC in tackling. Cameron Curl, who's starting for an NFL team with the Washington football team right now, was really good. Like they had those three guys alone in different units were amazing players and two of them playing in the NFL. All three of those guys leave. And then this year, you don't really replace them or you can't really replace them with guys of NFL caliber talent. Like you just don't have it. Not yet at least. Not surefire guys. But that alone, knowing that you lost your three best players in three different position groups on the defense, and you go up against a Georgia team that has four- and five-star caliber athletes across the board, and that defense holds them to five points and a half and honestly held their own until they got gassed in the end because they were on the field too much, but didn't give up big plays, didn't break down tackles, didn't have breakdowns in coverage. All those things happened with less NFL talent on that team than what we've ever seen before. To me, that is the, the story of this all. And why I still believe that Sam Pittman and Arkansas will get it done. Because they don't have the horses right now. Now, the offense had some problems. 
the offensive line is going to struggle. Rakeem Boyd couldn't get going. But instead of, of dwelling on that, I'm chalking that up to just Georgia having an amazing defense, which they do. They have an amazing defense, a defensive front that Arkansas is probably never going to see something as good as that at all this season. Like, all those things are, are true. But you saw what coaching can do. You saw just how poorly coached this team was before and how simply moving guys around, teaching the fundamentals, being able to relay it and transition it and communicate it in an effective way, the difference it makes. And that is why I believe Arkansas is going to win games this year. It may only be two. It may only be one. But they're going to win. Coaching matters. And I believe that Sam Pittman and this staff, they've got some growing to do. they got some work to do themselves. But if that is any indication of that team coming out and playing hard, playing with more effort than what we've seen in the past three years combined, I am here for it. And I can't wait to see what the rest of the season holds. I'm more optimistic right now than I was before. I feel good about it. But they also got to prove to me and prove to you something. And that's winning. Just win, baby, and things will change. We'll talk more about the Arkansas-Georgia game as well as uh, some other things going on in the SEC. But you've also heard me talk about Bilt Bar. And, the, the, you know, this Bilt Bar thing... It's not only just bars anymore. Like, they have these new deals that I, I tried out. They actually sent me some samples of it. And it was called Built Go. And it, it's essentially where it's just a quick, convenient little pack of protein mixed with energy that is great for pre-workouts. And I tried it with the different flavors. They had a peanut butter honey, which was amazing. And I tried it, and I'm like, holy crap, this is great. Like, I felt so energized because I did it right before my workout. Felt so energized and mixing it with the protein that it got me through my workout, and it was awesome. And it was so convenient. It was easy cleanup. I didn't have to worry about putting up a protein shake and, and mixing all that up and going through the work. It was just simple of tear it off and suck it down, and there you go. It was great. And so you need to go to their website, billbar.com, and try that out. And the great thing about it is that you can still get $10 off your next order by using the promo code locked on. And you have to use that because, I mean, listen, you don't want to lose money on the deal. You don't want to have to some great opportunity go out the door. So try these things out, seriously. Like, I tried them out when I was trying this new workout, and I felt great through it. I didn't have to do a pre-workout. I, I didn't have to do anything where it comes to mixing waters and drinks and all that stuff. I just did that. I just ate that Built Go, and I was great to go. So try it out. Go to BuiltBar.com, enter in promo code locked on. You'll get $10 off your next order. It's a great deal. Take advantage of it. Again, BuiltBar.com. Enter in the promo code locked on for $10 off your next order. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, so getting into the next uh, part of the podcast here, and because obviously we had reactions to Arkansas losing to Georgia, I'm kind of looking forward to now uh, just looking at some of the players and some of the highlights from everything and some of the takeaways I had from particular players. And, and we'll start with the quarterback position, of course, with Felipe Franks. Now, he finishes the season – or not the season, the game. Hopefully he doesn't finish the season this way. He finished the game 19 of 36 for 200 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. F fine. You know, he had a really good throw to Traylon Burks, which went for a touchdown, and, man, that guy's fun, which we'll get to him in just a second. But it was fine. And the reason I just say it's fine is because if you watch the game – don't look at the stat line. Watch the game. The offensive line didn't give him a lot of time. There were times they did, but he was he was having to move a lot. And not only that, but there was a there was no rushing attack for Arkansas. Zero. None. 
They had 28 carries for 77 yards as a team. And that's averaging 2.8 yards a carry. Ain't going to get it done at all. So when you're a quarterback and you can't get the rushing attack going and you ha- your offensive line is struggling, you have to do a lot of things on your own. But unfortunately, Felipe Franks and this off and this wide receiving core, they're talented. They're good. But they're not good enough to do it all on their own. you got to be able to have a balance to them. And so I don't use this game as, as a good indication of what Felipe Franks is capable of or how good he's going to be. I believe that what they will do in the coming weeks will be different than what we saw, especially on offense. Because the next guy, Rakeem Boyd, was just a non-factor. 11 carries and 21 yards, nothing. And, you know, some people will try to, try to chalk that up to saying, well, he he just wasn't good. You know, he wasn't good because he's, he's you know, it, maybe they just, uh, maybe he's just over the hill or something like that. Like somebody was telling me that he's just too old, which I just thought was weird as far as just a troll. But anyways, um, what I saw from him was just more of he's trying to figure things out and George keyed on. Like they, they know who the best player on the offense is. Rakeem Boyd. And Kirby Smart and his defensive staff went in their great game plan and said, hey, instead of messing around, instead of looking at doing other things, let's just key on this guy, Rakeem Boyd, make sure that he gets nothing, and then force Felipe Franks to throw the ball. That's what they did, and that's why it worked. So, again, I can't even use that as an indication of what Rakeem Boyd, because I think Rakeem Boyd's going to bounce back in a major way. It's just that wasn't a good, good start because the offensive line – couldn't do him any favors there as well. Traylon Burks, though, was the main highlight on the offense. Seven uh, seven catches for 102 yards. He had one touchdown. Of course, that 49-yard touchdown was what was beautiful. And he's just so good, man. Like, he's an NFL player. He, he, he's going to be an NFL player. He's got the speed. He's got the size. He's got the strength. He's got it all. And, and to be him for him to be featured like he was is just something that most people were hoping to see out of Razorback football over the past few years. Like, he's good enough to where you want to see the ball in his hands as much as you do Rakeem Boyd. Like, he's just that element of a player. And so, there's going to be team, teams that are going to key on him, and when they key on him, then that's going to open up guys for, like, Trey Knox, who only had one catch for three yards. He was uh, a non-factor in that as well. Davion Warren, Mike Woods. Like, there'll be some other guys that get some plays and, and had some things happen. But, again, the offense is just really tough to say, uh, from one perspective of like, oh, this is why it's going to be good. This is why it's going to be bad or, or anything like that. It was just a great defensive strategy by Georgia for a new team with uh, a less than stellar offensive line with Arkansas. And, you know, I know they're trying hard, and I know that there's going to be times where they will actually show up, especially when they go up against the weaker defenses. But, you know, it's it's just tough. It's, it was really tough. And Georgia, to me, gets more of the credit than Arkansas gets the blame. Now, they got to work on some stuff. They got to figure some stuff out. They got to make sure that they – do the things that they're supposed to do in the SEC and getting better. But, yeah, I don't think you can use this one as a good indication. I really don't. Change it up. See what happens this weekend against Mississippi State, which we'll talk about as the week goes on. But let's just see how it goes first before we just start deciding whether or not Kendall Riles and this offense can get it done in this conference. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, I wanted to bring this up too because uh, I think it's interesting that with what we've seen in Week One of the SEC, you know, some of the things that uh, I believe will change as far as you know the ideas behind things and how teams looked and you know what they'll do for the rest of the year, all that fun stuff. And 
when I saw the all the opponents at Arkansas will be playing this year, got to see them actually in action. Uh, I switched up some things and I, and I put out some power rankings of the likeliest wins for the Razorbacks this year. Now they have nine games left, of course, and I think that all of them are going to be a challenge. I don't think any of them's easy, but that's why I put it as the likeliest of wins that you'll have. So I put them as as such. Missouri, to me, is the no-brainer, easiest win Arkansas has if they can get it. Uh, I don't know of anybody that would disagree with that as far as wins being left on the schedule. Missouri was looked awful against Bama because Bama's just amazing. And I still think Eli Drinkwitz is a joke. So, uh, you know, I, I'm big on Arkansas getting that victory later in the season. My second one, though, Texas A&M. They looked bad. Vanderbilt, they beat Vanderbilt 17-12. to are you kidding me? Jimbo Fisher in your second season? Are you serious? That was the effort? That's as good as you looked? Get out of here, man. I don't think that they're going to do anything this year. I think Arkansas may even beat them. They've been close enough at many times. Could this be finally the year? Could this finally be the year that Arkansas gets it done against the Aggies? Please, I hope so. I'm sick and tired of losing to the Aggies. I'm sick and tired of them having a very average team, but Arkansas finds a way to lose. I like their chances, though, this year. I think they match up pretty well. And Kellen Mond, if he's the second-best quarterback in the SEC, then everyone's screwed in this conference. So uh, I got them at two. Ole Miss at three. They, They looked okay against Florida. They scored some points, but... I just still think Lane Kiffin's going to crash and burn. I don't know if Arkansas is going to beat them, though. Uh, I, I think that they're just – they may have a little more talent, and I, I think that it's it's going to be interesting to see how this season plays out for the Rebels. And, and the timing of that game, too, is always going to be big as well. But I don't know. I, I think that that's, that's probably the third best. LSU is fourth. They didn't look that great. Uh, obviously, Mississippi State torched them, which will have them right in the list as well. Uh, but uh, LSU is a team that's depleted, completely depleted, with a new everything, new coaches, new players, new quarterback, new all of that. So I think that Arkansas is going to do just fine uh, against the Tigers, at least being competitive against them. Don't know if they'll win, but they'll be competitive. Tennessee comes in after that. Nice little win against South Carolina, but I don't think South Carolina is that good, so I can't take much out of that. Uh, Mississippi State uh, is number six. You know, they, 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 they're scary. They, they're 630 yards. That's how much he threw to 630 yards. Get out of here with that stuff, man. I, I just, I don't know. We'll find out this week. Maybe Arkansas can get in a shootout with him. But I don't think he's going to throw for 630 yards again. I just don't see that happening. Not happening. That, that's, that's a long, long way. Uh, Auburn is at number seven. They looked fine against Kentucky, but, you know, still jerry's out on them. Honestly, Florida, who's number seven, and then Alabama, who's number, or number eight, and then Alabama's number nine as the two toughest opponents left on Arkansas' schedule. Both of those teams look really good. I think Florida's better than Georgia for sure, and Alabama's Alabama. So I think that both of those teams are going to be really good and really challenging for Arkansas, but in the end, uh, you know, they're not going to win those games. Let's just be honest. So Missouri, A&M, and Ole Miss, those are my three most likeliest wins for Arkansas this season. <laughs> let's be honest. We'll take any of the wins. We don't really care. Just win, baby. I don't want to have to deal with another losing streak. I can't deal with 0-10. So let's just see how it all plays out. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNavers for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. And we will keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then.
You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 